Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hi, everyone. Vicki Vasilega here. Thanks for listening in to today's COVID-19 podcast. Today's feature podcast is from a COVID-19 webinar recorded earlier that you may have missed or may want to hear again. So let's listen in as our content matter experts share their experiences and recommendations for optimal patient care and operational strategies. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to ASHP's podcasts. The last item of discussion is, um, is on the role of the pharmacy department and pharmacists in leading and operationalizing all of this important work. And this has been part of the narrative arc of this entire discussion, but let's focus on it exclusively as we start to wind down this webinar. Rita, why don't you start and share how, um, how to highlight the role of the pharmacy leadership, clinical pharmacists, the investigational team, and then how, um, and share some wisdom on how you can effectively engage and collaborate with key stakeholders outside of the pharmacy department. Well, I think we've all articulated that we had structures or, or created new structures to support uh, what, was, what was happening on a daily basis. What, what I, I think some of the take-home messages from my perspective is don't wait for the organization to, um, to call on, on pharmacy to, to be actively engaged and leading this role. Because I, I remember talking to colleagues about different structures and processes, and even with my own organization, I realized I needed to just say we are going to be the um, not only the therapeutic decision-making group that will help guide evidence-based decisions where we have them as well as engage the experts, we are also going to be the information source. So we, we made that determination because there was, again, and ASHP has done a fabulous job in supporting, you know, updating the evidence, but we created a, a daily pharmacotherapy digest that went out to all of medical staff leadership. We ultimately um, consolidated it to weekly because there's so many emails going on, we can't even keep up with them. But we, we wanted to be front and center as the, the therapeutic um, clearinghouse, the therapeutic decision-making, and then we pulled research in because we recognize that with organizations like some of ours that are academic medical centers, there's so much research going on, and we needed to actually help research um, navigate the complexity of off-label drug use and how do we make decisions around all of these things that, that were potential treatment options for patients um, in a thoughtful way, and what happens when the research studies start to collide with each other. So we're also around Desert Trial uh, Center, work for the initial trial, also for the current Act Two, also emergency use authorization. But we're also uh, we also have a CLASA study for IL-6 inhibition. So we we became the navigators, and, and and it was interesting, you know, using our pharmacy and therapeutics hats, and as we all have, of how we could actually help research figure out what to do when you have more research trials than maybe you have patients because of inclusion exclusion criteria. And so it's been, it's, it's been really rewarding to develop what I would call um, relationships we had that they're stronger because now there's a research uh, clinical interface. And so pharmacy leadership um, is something we have to own and not expect to be asked. So don't expect to be asked, uh, just do it. And a lot of you probably already are, but I would just encourage you have the confidence to say, 
we want to make sure that we have all the people at the table to help support what the patients need and what the organizations need. So it's not about trying to do it in a self-aggrandizing way, but doing it in a thoughtful way. We've also um, expanded scope of practice significantly. When we started to hear about the hypercoagulability of the patients, in early April, we, we um, brought the issue to the therapeutics committee, and we also have a best practices COVID-19 group that's led by um, our ED chairman. And we the, the issue was already starting to percolate, and they were starting to observe it. We heard it from New York. So we, we implemented and got approval for pharmacists to initiate every COVID patient suspected or actual on um, prophylactic anticoagulation. Since then, we've, um, we've identified risk factors, as I'm sure a lot of you have, too, with respect to therapeutic anticoagulation. And we're about to um, implement um, processes for transitions of care for patients who are high risk who need to continue either on prophylactic or therapeutic. We developed sedation guidelines and, and engage critical care. And as a number of my, of my panelists have, or co-panelists have said, you engage the experts in your department. So whether it was antimicrobial stewardship, who's on call 24-7, or investigational drug services, who is also available 24-7 because these drugs start at all different times and we need their expertise. So it's leveraging Leveraging expertise and visibly showing ownership to me is what was uh, what I've seen and what I continue to believe is what our role needs to be. And I would encourage everyone to, to kind of take the ball, run with it, and, and more than anything else, lead it. Because we, we're, the, we're the one department that can navigate this complexity. When I listen to all the PPE shortages and the scrambling that goes on here and around the country, I think, my God, we've managed this so that it's been seamless. We haven't missed a beat, and that's because that's what we as pharmacists do. And so I think that needs to be very visible for, for all of the stakeholders out there so that they can um, come to us for, for help. And that I guess that to, to conclude, because I don't want to be long-winded, I think that the nice thing I've seen is people um, who in the past, again, I didn't always work with directly, if they have any issue, they'll call on one of my team members or me to help figure out how to navigate it. So it's a good opportunity to do the right thing for our patients and also demonstrate how much we bring to the table. I'm going to turn it over to Kaldit. Yeah, thanks, Anna. I, I couldn't have said it any better than what um, Rita just mentioned in terms of ownership and accountability, really, for the entire medication management process. The pharmacy should be leading the full effort, and, and, and that's exactly what we did in terms of policy procedure development, guideline development. Um, inventory management, uh, investigational uh, drug use, and, and optimization. Um, and uh, I know there's a, a question about um, exceptional cases. While I don't have any specific examples of cases, but as pharmacy leaders and pharmacists, you really have to kind of think through all of the different implications from a logistics perspective, because the medical staff are primarily, you know, they're clinicians, they're, they're focused on patient care, so they don't uh, they're not always as attuned to various different processes or things that potentially could uh, go wrong, even though the chances may be very, very small, such as situations where you have, uh, you know, two equivalent patients that meet the criteria and how you end up, you know, breaking a tie, having a procedure, um, you know, established for that or having a procedure for when patients uh, are either transferred from outside when you have existing patients who uh, would be eligible for the drug. Uh, and then instances where um, there's uh, appeals, uh, special cases where there's appeals for 
um, allowing for off-label use of drugs uh, outside of the, the criteria that are set and how those situ situations would be managed would uh, need to be addressed and spelled out in your, uh, in your procedures. Thank you, Coldeep. How about Brian, any comments on this topic? Yeah, so just to, to wrap it up, I, I agree with, totally with what Coldeep and uh, uh, Rita have, have already set forth. And, and the, the name of Navigator is something that popped forth with me as well. Uh, you know, as a department, you know, because we know what needs to get done. The pharmacy team typically does know what to get done and they know how to get, get it done and they know who, who to contact to get it done. Um, we didn't wait to be asked to do things. We just took, took charge and just moved forward with it. Um, I have to say that I've never been prouder than to be associated with the team of people that I've been working with um, within the pharmacy department. And I think about the, the outreach that we've had from, you know, the inpatient pharmacy to the home infusion pharmacy, to the specialty pharmacy, to the retail operations, to the antimicrobial stewardship, investigational drug service, the residents, the technicians, the role that they played throughout all of this, anticoagulation stewardship. These are all functions that are part of who we are and just, just really put their best forward, put forward and just took care of things. And you're right, Rita. Now, we heard so much discussion about PPE. And, you know, from a pharmacy perspective, I, I, I would venture to guess that we didn't miss a dose. You know, we, we did everything we needed to do. We got the drugs we needed because that's who we are and that's what we do. And we took good care of our patients. And I think, you know, that's the model that we should use uh, across the board every day moving forward. Thank you for those really inspiring comments. Hearing all of you say things like doing the right thing for the patient, having ownership and accountability, being navigators, being the ones to get things done is uh, really reaffirming that pharmacists and pharmacy leaders have taken a big role in COVID-19. Thank you for listening in today. For more information, please be sure to check out the ASHP COVID-19 Resource Center at ashp.org backslash COVID-19. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.